Greetings, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to my new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast series. We have been overwhelmed with the responses that people have shared from listening to these messages on my SiriusXM show over the years. Those listeners, and they're sharing my show with their network, telling people about it, telling their family members, their friends, and their coworkers about this show and the impact it's having on their lives. That's the main reason that this show is now number one for self-help in America, and I'm very grateful. Yet, we realize that many people do not have satellite radio and therefore could not experience for themselves the message. They could not get it for themselves. So we are now sharing these messages with everyone via this new podcast. Enjoy it and share it with your network. And let's help even more people to do more, be more, and achieve more. Tell everybody so that they can live a Wealthy Ways life as well. Welcome to the new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. And remember, your best is yet to come. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. day here across America. I want to say to everybody, thank you for joining us on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way show here on Sirius XM Channel 141 from border to border, coast to coast. I'm excited about having another show. You know, I always start the same way, folks. I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it forced upon me. Can't refuse it, didn't seek it, didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give account if I abuse it, just a tiny little minute but an eternity is in it. I'm grateful for another opportunity to be on the air with you, and I'm grateful for all your emails and notes and letters of how this show is impacting and changing your lives. I'm grateful for that, and that's what I am here to do. You know, I take a moment at the beginning of every show to give God glory, to thank Him for life, not just for the radio and the television and books and tapes and speaking and the, the blessings He's brought my life 
professionally, but for life, life, just having life. God's gift to us is life. Our gift to God is what we do with our lives. And I encourage you to live your life to the best. Be excellent. Give all you've got. Do more than you're expected to do. Go further than you're expected to go. And, and you will see that God will be proud of your, of your accomplishments because you are doing what he brought you here to do. Well, today is a big day for me, a special day for me, because I get to interview somebody who I have had great regard and respect for for so many years. And even though afar, he's a mentor to me because he has he has set a standard and of excellence that I now stand on. I stand on his shoulders. Uh, backstage one day, uh, Zig Ziglar, my dear friend, invited me to come to a Peter Lowe program and I went to see Zig and his beautiful wife and we stood backstage for a minute and spoke and the speaker who was on the stage when I was talking to Zig came off stage and I had a moment to, to greet him in the back and I said uh, you know I'm honored because there are three African Americans who have been inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame who have been named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world who have best-selling author as well part of their their mantra they are yourself Les Brown, and I'm honored to be the third. And he said, Willie, I'm proud of that. His name, for everybody knows it, is General Colin Powell. General Powell, thank you for being on with us. Well, thank you very much, Willie, and I'm certainly honored to be on that list with uh, you and Les. Oh, well, I'm just honored to be able to say I have you as a friend and somebody in my network. For those who don't know, and that would be almost nobody, but just for those... General Colin Powell was born in New York City. He's a retired four-star general in the United States Army. He's had an incredible military career, but he also has been the Secretary of State, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the first African-American to hold those positions, and he is a best-selling author, and he makes a living speaking, and he's a philanthropist and a person who has done what we aspire to, and so he has a new book out, and I read the book. It, it worked for me in Life and Leadership, and I want to talk about his story. I want to talk about the life lessons you can gather from his story and I want to talk about those things that he will inspire you with to help you live better lives. General Powell, let me first start by saying thank you again and then say that this book is fantastic. You know, it grew out of just 13 simple principles that you shared in a Parade Magazine interview some years ago. Isn't that correct? Yeah, it's the funniest thing, Willie. When I was promoted to four stars uh, in 1989, and sent off to uh, command an uh, organization headquartered in Atlanta called the Forces Command, which has all of the deployable Army troops in the United States. Uh, a reporter wanted to do a piece about me being the first four-star in such a position, uh, African-American, and so he worked on the piece, and he needed to close the piece with something, so he asked one of my assistants in my office, gee, is there any hook about the general, or anything you want to tell me about it? Give me some gossip. And uh, she said to him, you ought to ask him about all those little slips of paper he's got under his desk glass. Mm. And they're little things that he's been slipping under there for years. And when he's not around, we all go in and read them, see what he put under there. And so the reporter did that. He asked me about them, and I, and I read off 13 of them. There were about two dozen, but I read off 13. He put those 13 in a listing at the end of the article, and the next thing we knew, hundreds, thousands of people wanted a copy of those 13 rules, and uh, we've been giving them out now for the last 23 years. Wow. And so I mentioned them in my first book, uh, My American Journey, in 1995, and they were listed there, which even drew more demand to it. So over the years, Willie, on the speaking circuit, you know, 
people want me to talk a little bit about uh, the Cold War and the end of the Cold War, and they want me to talk about Desert Storm and things like that. But what they mostly want me to talk about is life. Absolutely. And how did I become successful as a little black kid coming out of the South Bronx section of New York, born in Harlem, immigrant parents, poor public school education from kindergarten through college? How did I get to the positions I got to? And so those 13 rules kind of tell the story. And so in this book, I explain the 13 rules. I never had to explain them before. Nobody ever asked me where they came from. <laughs> but in this book, I explain the 13 rules in greater depth and then just start telling stories. I'm a storyteller. Well, wow. That's what our business is. Absolutely. And you. And let me tell you, uh, aside, I heard you at the last uh, Peter Lowe that came through D.C., and you told such wonderful stories. I told somebody just recently, I said, you know, I've heard a lot of the speakers on that, and I said, they're pretty good. I said, Colin Powell is brilliant, because he tells stories that make you part of the story. When you tell the story about the, the jet taking off one engine on the right side, to, you know, and they give you a Coca-Cola, it is so fantastic. And the way I saw it, I was in the room with you, and that's the power of, I tell people, facts tell, stories sell. You sell them. So I, that's I, right, and the, the important thing about a story, though, is it has to have a point. It that's right. It can't be a story. What the, you know, it has to have a, a lesson to it. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, we're going to the story is for the purpose of getting folks' attention, so they'll listen to you make the point. Absolutely. Well, we're going to jump in E13, and then I'm going to try and get as much of this book in as I can in this in this time we have together. Uh, number one, it ain't as bad as you think. It will look better in the morning. As I say in the first sentence explaining that rule, this is not a prediction. It may not be better in the morning. Right. It's an attitude. Mm. You should go to bed thinking that it will be better in the morning. No matter how bad things are right now, it's going to be better in the morning when I have a full night's rest, and I'm going to make it better. And the people who work for me are going to help me make it better. So it's an attitude you should have, an optimistic attitude about your ability to change things. And it's also an attitude that you convey to your people, the people working for you. They want it to be better in the morning as well. And so everybody go to bed, get a good night's sleep, and assume that things will be better in the morning. And if they're not, well, we'll just keep working on it. Absolutely. Every day is a new day. Absolutely. And so that's what it is. It's an attitude, not a prediction. Amen. I love that. Then get mad, then get over it. Number two, get mad, then get over it. I have wasted more time with people who get mad and stay mad. And if you stay mad, you can't really think logically, you can't reach out to people, you can't solve problems correctly, you are mad. Mm -hmm. And so being mad is a perfectly human emotion. You get mad with your kids, you get mad with some of your, your best friends, but you've got to get over it. Mm. Um, the only ones I don't get mad with with Alma, my wife, because she don't put up with it. <laughs> uh, but the point is, get mad and then, okay, you're mad, it's a human emotion, uh, get over it and let's solve the problem. Let's everybody quiet down. Let's not have any screaming or shouting in here. What's the problem? And how do we solve it? And, you know, in my business, I'm a professional soldier. I've been in many, many high-tension, high-conflict situations where lives are at stake. And I can't have a lot of mad people around me at that point. I've got to have people who are calm and can get things done. Now, as, as uh, my assistant, Peggy, who you've talked to, knows full well. Who's fabulous, by the way. Fabulous, indeed. She's yes. been with me for going on 20 years. Yes. And Peggy knows me as well as anybody, and she knows that I will occasionally get mad. But it's usually within a, within a zone of, you know, normal behavior. And so if she sees that I'm mad, she just ducks. Get out of the way for a few minutes. He's going to be okay in a couple of minutes. And he's just mad at things. He's not mad at me. He'll get over it. 
And so I've tried to always have that attitude. And Peggy can tell you that I may be mad at her, but 20 minutes later, I'll be calling her honey. That's right. There you go. It's fantastic. I love that. And in one of my books, Setback is Set Up for a Comeback, I said anger is the word danger without the D. And the yep. D is for discipline. And you have the discipline to not to not react to the anger. You'll get angry, but just 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 calm down in time and give. And I love that. You say, give me five minutes and I'm back to it. Number three. I like that line. I may steal it. Oh, uh, feel free. <laughs> you know how we do in speaking. I when, know how we do it. First time you say, as my dear friend Willie Jolly says, and the second time you say, <laughs> as someone says, and the third time you say, as I always say. <laughs> Number three, avoid having your ego so close to your position that when your position falls, your ego goes with it. This is huge. It, in all of the senior positions I've had, and I learned it from my junior positions, and that is... I want people around me to fight for what they believe in. I want them to argue with me. I want them to give me their best, best argument. That's what I pay them for. Mm -hmm. That's what makes my argument better and my decision better, if you've argued with me. Uh, but I don't want you to argue so much that you, you slip over and you are no longer giving me the best argument you can give me. Your ego has gotten involved. And so you create a situation where if I don't do what you're recommending to me, your feelings are hurt. Mm. And then I feel bad. And we all feel bad. Right. And so don't ever cross the line of putting your ego on the same level as your position, because then when your position goes, you think your ego's been hurt. And I've told so many of my people over the years, guys, give me your best. That's what I'm paying you for. But if I don't decide what you want me to decide, assume that I know more about something that you don't. And I have reasons for the decision I made. And at this point on, we're all going to execute my decision, and I expect you to execute it as if it was your decision. And don't have your feelings hurt. Mm. It has nothing to do with your ego. It had to do with your position. Your position may be weak, but your ego isn't weak. So don't think I'm after your ego. It's just the position I'm debating. Absolutely. You know, and that, that reminds me that it's probably had an impact in your marriage because, and I'm going to come back to this after we take the break, but my wife and I have just celebrated our 27th marriage uh, wedding anniversary. And one of the things we learned over the years is that I always say to her, let's talk about it. Let's argue it out. That's, you know, and we never argue, but we just talk about it and, and debate it. And I say, okay, once we make a decision, we're on the same team. She says, absolutely. Even Only if we way go, to be. And uh, we're about to celebrate our 50th. Wow. I, I, I have to celebrate with you. We're going to be right back with Jenna. <laughs> General Colin Powell, we are across America on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show, Sirius XM Channel 141, and we're for sure, for sure, for sure, the best is yet to come. You can call on me. Pick up the phone. You can call And call me. me. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the All Access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of 
interesting and informational interviews for my XM show. I'm telling you, this is a great page. And why do I do it? Because I've learned that the more we give, the more we get. And the more we help other people to grow and go to the next level, the more we receive in our business. So we want to help you. Tell your friends about it. Go to Facebook and get my information. Go to my website. Get my free resources. And get on wjspeaks.com and hit that all access badge. It looks like a backstage pass. Click it. You'll get behind the scenes information to the special page to help you grow. All we want in return, all we ask is that you pass it on because the more you give, the more you get. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get until you try it. So you might as well live life to the fullest. Give it your best shot. You might as well sing like you don't need the money. Love like you'll never get hurt. Dance like nobody's watching. Put your whole heart in it if you want it to work. I hope you dance. I hope you never lose your sense of wonder. You get your feel to eat, but you never lose that hunger. May you never take one single breath for granted And God forbid love ever leave you empty handed I hope you still feel small when you stand beside the ocean Whenever one door closes I hope one more opens Promise me that you'll give faith and fight Sit it out or a dance. This is Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show here on Sirius XM Channel 141 HUR Voices. Glad to all of you who are joining in, and I'm grateful for you and thankful. Continue to go to WillieJolly.com, sign up for the newsletter, and and go to YouTube channel and get some of the free videos and audios. And we want to encourage you to just live your best life and grow your your success and and, and believe that your your dreams are possible. And if you can believe it and, and conceive it, you really can achieve it. We've got one of the great... 
achievers here on the radio. I'm honored to have them. As for those who just joined us, uh, there are three speakers in the world who have been named top five speakers in the world by Toastmasters and have been inducted in the Speaker Hall of Fame and have best-selling books. I'm honored to be one of them. And the other two are Les Brown and General Colin Powell. And, and I'm just honored that he's found time to be in his schedule. He's busy as a bee. And so to be able to be here, I'm grateful. Uh, General Powell, thank you again for being on with me. My pleasure, Willie. All right. Step number four. We've done three of them. For those who are joining us, he has 13 rules in the book. The book is called It Worked for Me in Life and Leadership. It's an awesome book, incredible book. You need to get a couple copies. You need to get uh, one for yourself and then one for people in your network. Give it away as a gift. It will bless people. I'm going to do that myself because I've already told my son he has to read it. He has to read it. He's a new lawyer, and I told him, you got to read this, my wife as well, and, and family. It says, step number four, it can be done. It can be done. That almost goes back to number one. It's an attitude. Mm. Always go into any problem situation or any crisis that you're facing with an attitude that says, we can do this. Mm. It's something that comes from my infantry experience. And as a young 21-year-old kid out of New York City, I was sent to the infantry school at Fort Benning, Georgia. And uh, they drill into you. They say, you're an infantry lieutenant, and an infantry lieutenant can do anything. Right? Yes, sir. Right. Anything. And it was an attitude that they drilled into us. You know, mm. you could, you, if you prepare yourself, if you work hard, if you study hard, if you believe that you can do it, you can do it. Mm. Now, it is not always the case that you can, but that's not the point. The right. point is that's the attitude you should go through life with. Absolutely. That's the incredible attitude of expectation. I was on Fox News uh, the other day. Kelly Wright interviewed me about the uh, Beyond the Dream. And one of the things I started my message at, they took a clip of, you've got to expect to win. You have got to expect to win because winners win, leaders lead. And if you expect to win, your chances of achieving that expectation go up exponentially. Absolutely. Number Absolutely. Five, abs- number five, be careful what you choose. You may get it. <laughs> I that's, love uh, it. That's, that's kind of an old one. I may have uh, taken that from a few people I ran into over the years. But it essentially says, you know, um, as you go through a decision process of what course of action you should take on a particular subject, make sure you analyze them carefully. Make sure you look at all the upsides and downsides. And uh, don't just make a snap judgment because you may get it and uh, you find that that judgment turned out to be wrong and you got yourself into a mess. Mm. So I've always taught my junior officers and junior leaders to let's study the problem carefully and not make snap judgments and be careful what we choose. Let's make sure we've thought it through in every way that we possibly can because we may have to live with this thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for those who are long-time listeners, you know, I gave you the four questions, which would be right along with this. The four questions are, what's the best that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? What's the most likely thing to happen? And are you willing to live with the worst to get to the best? That's it. Uh, am I right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's the same rule, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and if you use these principles over and over again, they become part of your DNA, and you just do them. And so right. that's exactly it. Step number six, don't let adverse facts stand in the way of a good decision. Woo, I love that one. The reality here is that a leader has to assemble all the information that he can or she can when facing a problem. Mm. Use the time you have available. If you got an hour, make sure you use 40 minutes of that hour or whatever. But don't just jump to a decision. Uh, but as you assemble all the information, you're getting ready to make a decision. Some single bad fact may come up that says uh, you don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. 
Well, think it through. It may be an adverse fact, but is it an overwhelming adverse fact? Or is it the fact that you should ignore? Well, now, how do you know how to do that? That comes from experience, Willie. Mm. It comes from having faced situations like this repeatedly over the course of your career. And, you know, great experience comes from having bad experience early in your career. Right. And you make mistakes, and you have to learn from those mistakes. And there are a couple of stories in the in the book that I use to illustrate that point. I'll just use one very quickly for your audience, and that is uh, General Grant at the siege of Petersburg at the tail end of the Civil War when he was crushing uh, Lee's army. And he was awakened one night by one of his assistants, and the assistant said, General Grant, General Grant, uh, General Lee is moving his army to our flank. We're about to be outflanked. And Grant just woke up, uh, wiped his eyes, thought for a minute, and said, that isn't possible. And he went back to sleep. That was it. Wow. He was, he was so experienced. He was such a great general, and he knew Lee so well by now that he knew that couldn't be true. So this so-called adverse fact was not really an adverse fact. It was something that was coming in randomly, and he knew how to dismiss it. Or Eisenhower, when faced with the D-Day invasion, and they said the weather may or may not be there for you. And uh, it was an adverse fact. And he said, I can handle the possibility of bad weather. And he'd even written a letter saying, it's my fault if this fails because the weather was bad. But that's a sign of, of, of quality leadership and, frankly, greatness when you can set aside adverse facts because the other facts overwhelm that adverse fact. Wow, I love that. Folks, I'm going to read a little piece out of the book that I think is so profound. It says, when I'm faced with a difficult choice, my approach has always been to an estimate of the situation, a familiar military process. What's the situation? What's the mission? What are the different courses of action? How do they compare with one another? Which looks most likely to succeed? Now, follow your informed instinct. Decide and execute forcefully. Throw a mass of your forces and energy behind the choice. Then take a deep breath and hope it works. Remembering that hope is a bad supper, but makes a good breakfast. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I, well, you that that one. I, I have. I, you might hear that one again now. <laughs> <laughs> as my friend Colin Powell says, or as I always say. <laughs> well, it's, it's, a, it's an abbreviated uh, form of what I'm taught as a soldier. I was yes. taught this in my basic course at the, at the war colleges I went to, how to make an estimate of the situation. But the one thing they always drilled into us, plans don't succeed or fail. It is the execution of the plan that causes success or failure. Mm. So planning isn't enough. You have to be ready for the things that don't go according to plan. You've got to be ready for disappointments. You have to have contingency plans ready. It's a very, very military approach to problems, but I think it's also a good approach to any problem in any undertaking. Absolutely. Step number seven, you should, you know, you can't make someone else's choices. You shouldn't let someone else make yours. Well, you know, in the Army, this sounds a little weird. They made choices for me for 35 years. And, uh, you know, go here, go there, go to Vietnam, go back to Vietnam. So I didn't have much choice in that matter. But at the same time, within the range of choice I did have, I always tried to make my own decisions and not be overly influenced by people who wanted me to do what they wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. And then when I left the Army and I was a civilian and thinking about politics and other things very briefly, I might add, Everybody thought they knew what I should do. Uh, but at the end of the day, you live with your choice. 
don't live with somebody else's choice that turned out not to be the right choice. Mm. The one thing you can say about your choice is that it was your choice. Mm. I, th- I like the quote you said, one of your best friends helped you to shape this, this instinct. He said, uh, Colin, you, why would you want to wear someone else's T-shirt? Yeah, he he came along at the right time, and I was uh, considering a lot of fancy, highfalutin, very rewarding, and remunerative offers. And uh, I just wanted to talk to a guy who'd been there, an extremely wealthy individual, very successful, came to lunch at my house. I, I laid it all out to him, and I asked for his advice. Never be afraid to ask for advice from somebody who knows more about something you do. Absolutely. And he just looked across the table and said, um... Why do you want to wear someone else's T-shirt? You're your own brand. <laughs> mm, I love that. And folks, that he, ended that. Uh, that. And he just dropped a pearl on y'all, folks. He, be willing. <laughs> he said something. I want y'all to make sure you didn't lose. He said, don't be afraid to ask for advice from people who know more than you. Whether they're younger, I ask people sometimes for advice or younger who might not have had the success I've had, but I learn from everybody and I grow from everybody. And he said, learn from advice from people who know more than you. That's powerful. That's, there's more to it than that as well, Willie, and I'm sure you'll agree with me. And that is, you may think you know it all, and you, cry, and you often try to show off to people that you know it. Mm. But I've always tried to create an attitude that uh, I don't know it all. That's why I have you guys, and I want your advice, and I have more experience than you, and I will make the decision because I'm accountable. I'm the one who's held responsible for that decision. But until then, uh, I consider you guys smarter than me. Absolutely, absolutely. Number eight is check small things. It's so easy when you are a senior leader to start living in a big things world and not a small things world. You live up at the top. you got staff surrounding you. you got a fancy office looking out over from the 50th floor of some building, and you sometimes forget there are people down in the basement who are working hard, and you sometimes forget what their life is like, and you sometimes forget that you know these people have aspirations, dreams, wishes, uh, and you have got to be in that small people's world. You've got to check in small things to make sure they get what they need and not just you getting what you need up there in the top floor. Mm. And so I made a point throughout my career of uh, getting out of my office and going and checking small things. How are, the, how are the, not the small people, but the people in a lower position within the organization doing? There's no such thing as a small person or a small people. Mm. Every person has value. Every person is just like you with wishes, dreams, and ambitions, and trying to do the best they can with the life the Lord gave them. Absolutely. And and that's a big deal. And, folks, that means that you don't look down on people. You learn and appreciate people. When I'm at the uh, hotel coming for, for a speech, I always speak to the maids, and I always speak to the, the people who are service, and I, I always make a point of leaving a tip because I know that they are struggling and they got families, but I always speak to them. One day I spoke to someone, and they, they were deaf. And... And I I spoke to her, and she didn't speak back, and she said, I'm deaf. And then I signed to her, how are you? And her eyes got big as silver. She said, you signed? I said, yes, I signed. And she and I had a quick conversation, and and, uh, the general manager sent me a note later saying how much that had impacted her. I'm telling you, folks, everybody has value make everybody feel important. It will impact you. You see what uh, General Powell has done and how he has made everybody feel important. And this is big. We're going to be right back after station identification. Stay right tuned because we've got more to come with General Colin Powell. Stay tuned. 
Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for years I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year, and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad news, how many people got killed, or how many children got snatched, or how many fires there were, I recommend you start your day with something to inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.Jolly on Facebook. Just go to Willie.Jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose. Wow, folks, I'm excited and grateful for another opportunity to be on the air with you. And, you know, I got a special guest today, and I'm just so grateful, grateful for his, not just for his coming on the show. I'm grateful for his his message. I'm grateful for his model. I've looked at him and, and said, that's the kind of model of excellence that I want to pursue, and I want to train my children and teach them about excellence. One thing I will say, and we're getting ready to go back in with General Colin Powell, and he's going to talk about how the book, I want to ask how the book is organized. In fact, I asked that first because this book is, is very uniquely organized. I was very impressed with the, the way you put it together. Tell us about that, please. Well, really, the, the book is 44 short chapters. Some chapters are only a page and a half long. Others are seven or eight pages long. Uh, there is no chronology. You can read anything you want at any time you want. Just dial in. A lot of interesting chapter titles, which don't really tell you what the chapter's about. That's the, that's the kind of pull you in. It also has no index. You can't look yourself up. You've got to read the book. Mm. And the beauty, beautiful thing about it is that it was designed to appeal to teenagers, mm-hmm. to older people, to military people, and to corporate leaders. And anybody who wants to learn a little bit about how life and leadership work for me. I also have lessons in there, but I don't tell you they're lessons. I'm just telling you this worked for me. You know, you've got to figure out your own lesson in life. And if this helps inform you or allows you to develop your own philosophy, that's fine. I don't want you to be Colin Powell. You can't be. Be yourself. And if this, if this series of chapters uh, gives you some insight into who you are, then I'm going to be very happy I wrote the book. Well, this is a fabulous book, folks. I'm, I, I don't say that about every book. This is a fabulous book, and it's a life-changing book. I read it from cover to cover and couldn't put it down, and I told my wife, I said, you've got to read this book, and my son, I said, you've got to read this book because these are lessons that will empower you and inspire you to go to the next level and go to do greater things. So a couple things I want to pull out. There are a couple things. There's so many pieces that I got, but there are a couple things things that uh, I think that the one I got to start with, here's where I want to start, is Colin Powell has been a success. He's been at the highest level, Secretary of State, Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, he's been uh, a, a world changer. He was not. He is a success. He's done very well financially and professionally. He was not a basketball player. <laughs> he already said that. <laughs> okay. He was not an athlete. That's the first thing. Second thing, he was not one of the, the, the prize students in the class, like myself. You know, I was the half of the class that made the top half possible. 
<laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I say that to say you, what you did, what made the difference was an attitude of excellence. Am I right? I mean, you made, the story you told about when you were working, moving those Coca-Cola crates yeah. and you did them with excellence and the guy saw something in you because you worked the extra mile, you went the extra mile, you didn't do cut corners, you didn't half step. That makes a difference. It makes a difference. People, you know, a public school kid, C, C average throughout my whole educational experience. Uh, I, I finally hit ROTC in college, and that turned me on, and that's where I realized this is good. This is good. This is what I want to do. Um, but people say, well, who are your role models? And I say, well, you know, I, I don't want to be corny, but it was my parents and my family and my cousins and my aunts and my uncles. If that extended family hadn't kept me in play, I don't know what I'd be doing in New York City. Mm. And they kept me in play until I caught something, which was the military. And uh, the story you tell is when I was about 17 years old, I was always willing to work because, you know, in, in a West Indian family, uh, you've got to be willing to work. You know, you've got to do, you've got to have three jobs or you're a lazy brute. And so um, I worked in a Coke, I worked, I worked in a Pepsi Cola plant and uh, I was mopping floors. And um, uh, that wasn't bad, but I didn't want to mop floors all all my life. And the guy said, well, you you good. You want to come back next summer? I said, yeah, but I don't want to mop floors. He said, okay, next year we'll put you on a machine. And you can run the bottling machine or help in the bottling machine. I said, that's fine. And so what I learned from that experience is that I wouldn't have gotten that bottling machine if I hadn't been able to mop floors well. Mm. And so somebody's always looking. Somebody's always watching you. That's right. But most importantly, Willie, and this is what you need to tell your your people in your speeches, and you do. I know you do it all the time. You're looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. So don't ever shame yourself. Don't mm. ever, don't ever fail yourself. Mm. And when people say, "Well, who is your role model?" Well, my parents and lots of other people who came through my life. But ultimately, and I tell this to young kids today: be your own role model. Mm. I need some role model. Be your role model. Mm. Satisfy yourself. Mm. Believe in yourself. Work hard. Stop sticking stuff up your nose. Get mm. on with it. That absolutely. This is, folks. This is major. Be don't shame yourself. I had to write this down. And folks, so y'all know who listen. Uh, I take notes during this show, just like I recommend you do. Take a pencil and a piece of paper out. You know this will air a couple times over the next few uh, days. Make sure you tell your friends to turn on channel one forty one and listen to this because this will be powerful. This is one of the powerful points you shared. Never walk past a mistake. Never bury a problem. Right. Mm, that's big because people problems bury. are there to be dealt with, and leaders exist to solve problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If the leader's not solving a problem or not demonstrating to his followers that he is solve a problem, solving a problem. What do the followers think? Well, either this guy doesn't care, or he doesn't know what to do. Either one is a failure on the part of that leader. And why should people? pay him any respect or her any respect. Absolutely. This, that was major, folks. Now, when you look at those kind of things, it is about the fact that you've got to lead, and it starts with leading self. I, I say in my speeches that before you can lead many, you must be able to lead self, one person, and that's yourself. If you want to grow your future, grow yourself. If you want to grow your organization, grow your people. And you say that over and over again. Grow your people. Build rapport and trust your people. Uh, in, invest in your people. That was a big one. Invest yeah. in, and you said in page 108, take care and invest in your troops. This is huge. If people would get this, if organizations would get this and grow their people, they would have greater success. 
you're not only making your organization effective by investing in your people, they get the work done. You know, this has been a recurring theme. But also, it, you know, people say to me, well, what advice are you giving to the, to the guys who replaced you as general? I said, I don't give them any advice. I train them. Mm. <laughs> you know? And uh, if they still needed my advice, I didn't train them very well. I love so that. I turn it over to them. I'm out of the way. I'm off the train. And you say that very good. I love that when you say that when when they change commandership, you should have your people in the background, uh, your family in the, in the station wagon in the back with your bags packed. When you walk off that field, keep moving and don't call them back unless they need to hear from you and you return their call. And you've done that you with, <laughs> with Secretary of State. You've done that with Joint Chiefs. This is your point to say, I've done my job. Hopefully I've trained you well. Go to work. Right, exactly. Uh, you exactly. also say you can learn to be a better leader. I think that was a powerful piece. You can learn to be a better leader. You can learn. I think you have to start out with some understanding of people, a love of people, really, and a respect for people, and then you can build on that foundation. Uh, absolutely. The, one of the biggest points in the, uh, in the book, uh, General Powell, that you didn't point out, but it caught me, it struck me, was when you had the, on page 172, you talk about the experience when you were uh, Secretary of State and you sent the, your team to do something, the, I think it was the AAR process, and Henry Waxman said, this is not right, I'm right. wrong, da 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 and your people up in arms, and you said, oh, folks, pull back, let's check it out and, and, and see where, where, if this has merit. And then, here's what struck me, and I had made a big note, you wrote, I called Waxman to tell him that he was right and I was wrong. Folks, that's a leader. That's a leader. That's it, being willing to say I'm wrong, willing, willing to do self-analysis and, and self-evaluation and say we can work on this, we can fix this, we can get better at this and, and, and uh, go from yeah, there. And I also told uh, Mr. Waxman, and we'll fix it. That's right. And when we did, we were out of trouble. We yeah. got out of trouble almost as fast as we got into trouble. Mm, I love you that. You have to be willing to acknowledge your mistakes and fix them. Wow. Well, we only got a couple minutes left. This is one. I'm going to read this piece, and, and, and this is a powerful piece on page 23. You know, many people know I wrote the book, A Setback Set Up for a Comeback. Well, how do you handle setbacks and, and problems in your life? One, always try to get over failure quickly. Two, learn from it. Three, study how you contributed to it. Four, if you're responsible for it, own up to it and do it. Number five, through others may have, though others may have greater responsibility for it than you do, don't look for an escape hatch. And once you have analyzed what went wrong and what you did wrong, internalize the lessons and then move on. As, yeah. as always, drive through life looking through the front windshield and not the rearview mirror. Don't become one of those pests who keep talking about how their ancient slights, betrayals, hurts, or disasters impacted their life today. Learn and move on. That's powerful. That says it. Absolutely. How many people do you know, Willie, who want to tell you about something that went wrong 20 years ago? That's right. And they're wasting their time. Nothing you can do was 20 years ago. Wow. Uh, and I've, there, I tell stories in the book of young students that I spoke to in, in, in Japan in high school where the young lady got up and said, I'm afraid of mm. failure. I'm afraid every day of something. My answer was, that's a normal human emotion to be afraid. The question isn't, are you afraid? We all are. The question is, how do you manage it, and how do you keep moving ahead? Uh, and that, that's an important lesson to learn as early in life as you can. 
Absolutely. Last thing, uh, and I, I got so many, I had to jump and skip a, a few. Uh, one thing I, I will say is uh, I, many people saw me recently on the Fox News, and I talked about at the end of the interview that America's looking at us. And you say that so wonderfully. The world is looking at America to lead. And as we do, so as goes the world. Now, I hadn't seen that before. I had taped this interview weeks ago, but I said, absolutely. And people who are thinking like that are the ones who are going to say, we've got to grow to the next level. And you, you say it so wonderfully. But here's the last thing I want to say, uh, uh, General Powell. 265. Along the way, there were many people I did not get along with and many who doubted my ability and potential. I learned from them to accept that they might be right, and if so, to fix myself and keep moving on. But I always pursued excellence. Folks, that's the secret. He always pursues. I just thank you for what your model has been, my friend. Willie, thank you so much. I mean, I've I've worked hard at this, and uh, you have been an inspiration to me and to many, many others as well, and I hope you just keep it up. Well, you keep praying for me. I'll keep praying for you. Kiss your beautiful bride, your wonderful family, and thank uh, Peggy again and all the folks here. Again, folks, General Colin Powell is my special guest today. His book is called It Worked For Me in Life and Leadership. You can get it at any bookstore. Get one for yourself, one for people in your network. Visit, uh, his, uh, visit and look on the websites to see more about his life, and there's greater detail. Go to willyjolly.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Sign up for the information that we have for you. Go to our YouTube channel. See the new uh, website we have, Jolly Good News, our new nonprofit to help young people and to help people in prisons and people who are, who are struggling. We want to empower people to live their best lives. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more to come on the next uh, guest. And remember, this is a Willy Jolly week, so you want to be jolly. And remember, the best is yet to come. Are you tired of crying and complaining? Tired of feeling like life don't treat you fair? Do you see so many others moving on? Are you steady going nowhere? Have you maybe come to a conclusion that there's nothing at all that you can do? Well, just look at Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest in and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life. And I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500. And that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. 
I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you, grow your mindset, grow your future, grow your finances. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire. wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.